today. I just want to say thank you for everything you've done. Maybe you're a mom and you have children on this earth. Maybe you're a mom and your children are already in heaven. But, man, moms. I love when he said, when Jesus commissioned his mother, I thought, man, God, he got to choose his mom. you know. And, and God did that for each of us. He chose our moms for us. So thank you, moms. Um, it's, it's definitely, it's important to have moms and dads in our household. So, all right, we're going to get right into the word today, you guys. I'm just going to take a moment and just thank the Lord. So Lord, we just thank you. We just thank you that your anointing is here. We just thank you, uh, Lord, that, um, you have something fresh and something powerful for us today, Lord, that when we came today, we were expecting, and you are not going to disappoint. So we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to be continuing on our valleys to mountains. Um, I'm going to talk about something today that um, we've probably felt, but you don't want to say so when I'm going to talk about when our obedience seems fruitless, when we're doing all the things that God is saying for us to do, and it seems like nothing's happening. Why is there no fruit in this? You know, I don't know if you guys, but have you ever felt like I'm doing everything? I'm obeying God. You know, I'm a tither. I'm a giver. I'm serving. You know, I've been honorable with my finances in my own life. I've been, you know, raising my kids. I've been doing all of this. I work. I don't, you know, expect someone to take care of me. And it just seems like nothing's happening. I've felt that way. <laughs> And not only to feel that way, but it seems like, you know, the people that are highlighted around you, like, everything seems to be going good for them. They, you know, they don't serve the Lord, and they're getting promotions, you know, they, all of their needs seem to be met, and here you are just loving on the Lord. Everything He asks of you, you're like, yes, Lord, I'm doing that. Yes, Lord, I'm doing that, you know. And it just seems like they're getting ahead and, and you're watching people just have their needs met. And you're over here like, Lord, hello. Like, I'm doing everything you asked and the opposite is happening in my life. Um, here was some, some people and they said, hey, I want to ask you about the words over your guys' life and over your church that have been spoken this year and I want to know what's going on. And I was like, oh, you would like to know that. And I said, yeah, okay, okay, we'll go over this. And and they're like, yeah, we just want to see what God's doing. I said, well, don't you know, I said, every time a word is spoken over us, usually the enemy comes in and the opposite happens for a while, for a while, for a season. So I said, you said some more, and you said some more things extra, like good things. I said, so we're not going to, I said, so the opposite happened, so it's good, it's good, that means we're moving. We're moving forward. I said, so that means the good thing is coming very soon. Um, but it kind of seems like that. You feel like maybe I'm just going to live in this area. I'm going to live in this spot, in this place. Um, 
when you're doing all these right things and, and you know, you're not seeing the fruit, you're not seeing the reward, you're not seeing the promises that God had, you know, said in his word. Cause you know, when you go to someone and they're like, well, are you just standing on God's promises? And you're like, I have made a, like, there is a worn out spot where I have been standing on those promises. And every time I stand there, the opposite's been happening. I know, but that is, <laughs> I feel like that has happened a lot to me. Um, and while you're standing there, it seems like, you know, at work, you're doing everything right. And the person that gets promoted, you're honorable, you're kind, you're honest. And the person that gets promoted over you, they're deceitful. You know, they're late, you know, people honor, you know, they're not even doing their job and they get promoted and you're doing their job, your job and the next person's job. And here they are getting promoted over you. That's frustrating, isn't it? No, you guys aren't frustrated that you'd like that. Okay. You could take this position. The pay is great. No? Oh, you guys don't want that. Okay. That's what I'm saying. You know, you guys could be interactive with me today. It's good. Okay. It's Mother's Day. That's what I want. I want you to be interactive with me. Come on. It is good. So, and, or you're really excited and you've been like hearing from the Lord and you're speaking a word over someone and you go up to someone and you're like, I got a word from the Lord for you. And you give it and they're like, okay. And you're like, but I heard from God. It was awesome. Like, this is so exciting. And they're like, "Mm mm-hmm. And they just like let it drop. And you're like, what's going on? You know, you, you thought it was something like radical that was going to change their life. You know, or you get a word for your life and you're excited about it. You're really excited about it. And it doesn't happen yet. It doesn't happen yet. It doesn't happen yet. You know, we can't let how others respond determine how we hear God. Oh, I gave you a word and you didn't like it, so I guess I didn't hear from the Lord. Sometimes we do that, like, and I give a lot of words, so <laughs> that happens a lot. Or I'm really excited about it, and you think they're going to be excited about it, and they're just like, well, it's just church. It's just church. And when I was thinking about that, like, Lord, been serving, we've been doing, and it just sometimes seems fruitless, right? Especially when you're in it, it's kind of like when, um, when you're like getting in shape, you don't notice it, but someone you haven't seen for a long time comes and like, whoa, you look phenomenal, you know what I mean? And you're like, oh, I didn't even notice. Um, that's kind of how obedience to the Lord can look sometimes. Like we're not really seeing the fruit, we're not seeing it grow, and it just seems really frustrating. Uh, I'm going to share something because I feel like, you know, these notes, the Lord said, they're not, no, but I'm going to go a different way. Okay. So, um, I'm going to be really transparent and honest with you guys is it is ministry is really hard. I don't want to. (laughs) And sometimes when you're sitting out there and you think that, it is hard to do and say, hey, I can't wait to see you. And then everyone's like, well, I got this, this, and this. And their life is so busy. And you have planned and prayed for them week after week and day after day. And they're like, man, well, I, I just was busy. Something happened at my house. Oh, I just can't go here. I can't do this. And you've, and you've worked and you've laid your life down. And you think, Lord, are you watching? I have done everything you've asked for years. I mean, me and my husband have been in ministry. 
give me Kleenex because this is going to be a... <laughs> For you, I didn't plan. But, you know, I started, you know, it's been a very struggling time. I know sometimes you guys don't see that from me because I come in, but, man, internally sometimes it is a struggle to come up and to the Lord's like, I want you to do this and this, and I want you to put your finances here, and I want you to put your time here. And, man, when we first started and you're like, five people are showing up, and the Lord's like, yeah, go preach. And I'm like, Lord, I pray I spent three hours with you on this word. And he said, and those five people will be blessed. You know, you know, and so I had to learn that, but it can be, it can be overwhelming at times. And so I've just kind of had this attitude lately, like, I know I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to show up every week. I'm going to preach. I'm going to, you know, get built up um, because I'm just not an excuse person. The Lord said, you're going to do it and I'm going to do it whether I'm sick, whether I'm healthy. My busyness will never take over my relationship with the Lord and what he's asked me to do. And it's just been really overwhelming internally. And I just am like, Lord, are you even seeing, like, this little town, this little area? Like, And as I've been running around taking care of my parents and stuff, and I was in the car, and we had the radio off. And this is how the Lord speaks to me. is really cool. Because my dad just turned the radio on. Never turns the radio on. And this song came on. I'm going to share it with you. And don't judge me because I know this. But Angel is the Centerfold came on. <laughs> now, why is that significant to me? You're thinking, oh, Sarah, why do you know that song? <laughs> I'm going to tell you why I know that song. That was the number one song on the billboard the day I was born. So that kind of popped in my head like, whoa, out of all the stations, all the songs, like that's the number So... We're going, and my dad goes, I need to get something to eat. So I said, okay. So I'm just thinking about that. So then I, we stop at Taco Bell, and I say, okay, let's go. I, I sit down, and as I'm sitting down, this song, Sarah, comes on. And I'm like, this is all like a remodeled. I wouldn't think that would be the radio station they have on, you know, because that was from like 1980-something. And... Um, and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, Lord, not right now. <laughs> sitting like, there's like tons of people. Though, you know, it's all construction workers. Me and my dad, you know. And, and he's, so I'm like trying to like um, get food for him. And get. And I'm like, okay, I just need to stay sitting. Like, I'm just, and he's sitting across from me. He's just eating. He's talking about nachos. And the Lord is ministering to me. And I'm just like. Lord, and he's, he's just reminding me, he's like, in this turmoilous time, I haven't forgotten about you. I remember the time that you were born. I know who you are. And um, there was one more thing he said, and I can't remember. I know I have it here, though. Um, and then, so then we're eating, and the radio goes blank. And all of a sudden, it comes on with a new song, and it says, Simply the Best. And the Lord, and, and at that moment, I was like, thank you, Lord. But that's how he, he can speak to you. And when it felt like, Lord, we're doing all of this stuff, and we have some needs that are like far past what the time of when I need them. Have you guys ever got past the time of when you needed that need? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or at least you thought you were past that time. And just having that moment that the Lord spoke to me and just reminded me, I remember when you were born, um, and and I remember who you are, who I created you. I know you by name, 
and you're the best to me. Like, I love you. And I thought, okay, Lord. And it, and it stirred something in my heart and said, I'm going to keep doing this. And not with the wrong attitude, with the right attitude. So um, that was just uh, uh, something's going on here. So when it feels like you want to give up and it feels like it's not working, when you, when you serve the Lord and you're thinking, but look at all these people. They sleep in on Sunday, and their life seems fine. I could just do this and get away with it. It doesn't really matter, right? Now who's going to care? When I look at that, I look at Jesus' life. I'm pretty sure it felt the week before he went to the cross, that looked like being obedient to God was pretty grim. You know what I mean? Like, I did everything you asked, Lord. I, my entire life was spent just going and healing and ministering with signs and wonders and miracles. Never had a real place to call home. Because he was always traveling. He was in all these different places speaking to people, loving on people. When he got to that, that week before the cross, his life looked like a failure. Even, you know, the disciples had been with him and they're like, oh, let's distance ourselves from this guy because something's going down. They did. They were like, okay, yeah, yeah, I love you, love you, love you. Who, you know, who is that guy? Weren't you with him? I don't know who that is. You, you know what? You have facial recognition issues. I, I don't hang out with him. You know, so... It looked really grim. It looked like everything they had done, being obedient now, they followed this man, and, and they watched him do things, and they spent their time, they left their, their life, they left their jobs, and here they are, and here he is going to the cross. No matter how many people followed him, How many people saw the signs and wonders and miracles? He provided for them. You know, he fed them all of these things. And it looked like none of that mattered at that moment. It looked fruitless. Where was the fruit? He did all these things. Now had it shriveled and, and died? You think that somebody, I mean, we think now, you know, if he healed you, wouldn't you be there when, when he's walking and say, and throw yourself in front of there and say, no, this man, this is true. Why are you sending him to the cross? Where were the thousands and thousands and thousands of believers who he'd healed and fed and done that? Where were they? I mean, we think that we would be like, hey, stop this. This isn't right, right? Someone cuts in front of us in the grocery line, and we're like, let me tell you how it really is. But here, man, he gave these people that didn't have legs to walk the ability to get up and walk. You know? He raised someone from the dead. Your life was done, and now you get to live again on this earth. Sick for years and years. No food. Now you have something to eat. I'm pretty sure those would be memorable things. Why were they not there? Man, it seemed very fruitless. Like, I did all these things for you, God. I, you know, gave my life to you. And here I am going to the cross, and not one person remembers. They remember, you know, me 
healing someone on a Sunday and want to fight about that. They don't remember those things. And so it, it looked pretty dark, pretty dark, to tell you the truth. You know, even those closest to him thought it was all over, that he had failed. You know, they're hiding in the room. They're probably thinking, how do we get out of this city because they're coming for us? You know, they didn't hear anything that God really um, was saying. So it, it was pretty grim. It looked like everything they had done had withered and died. But 50, just about 50 days later, you know, Peter had introduced 2,000 people to the Lord, you know. And then you think 2,000 years later, there's billions of people through generations that their lives have been changed and their eternities have been changed. Because you know what? At that time, Jesus was planting a seed. He was the seed that was going to grow in us. They didn't see it. But man, look at the fruit now. You know, in Isaiah, I want to read from Isaiah 55, and it says, So is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but I will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So it doesn't mean, well, God told me to do this, and now it's not working, so I'm just going I'm, I'm to stop, right? Yeah. No, he's saying... Put it out there. It's coming back. We don't choose. You know, Jesus, I'm pretty sure he wanted to say, I know everything every single one of you have done. And if I'd like to call down fire right now, it would be okay for me to do that. Because that could have been one of the outcomes. He could have chose that, right? He had the right to do that. But he said, no, I already gave my word that I was dying for all mankind. So he wouldn't allow that to come back void. You know, in Romans 4, it says, Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was created to him, to him as righteousness. It's credited to him as righteousness. The power, and he was fully persuaded to do to believe that what God promised would happen. Sometimes we're not fully persuaded in that. We're like, oh, I've read the promises. You know, you can go buy those little books of promises. And when you're feeling good, you like to read those. You know, when you're you're feeling like you're on a mountaintop area, you want to read those little promises. Oh, look at this promise. You know, you're like, oh, we're going to do our devotionals. Sometimes I don't do a devotional because I am just sick and tired. I want to go to bed because I'm tired. And when I am not in the will of the Lord at that moment, I'm not going to read a devotional (laughs) at that moment, right? So those little book of promises, it's easy to be like stand on those when it's not your problem. Guess what? If your finances are met and you read a promise that God will provide all your needs, you're like, yes, amen, Lord, so good. But when you're hungry and you read that, you're going, God, where are you? Right? It's different in your situation of how you read that promise. It's easy to stand when everything, when there's, there's a big platform around you. It's hard to balance on something that's not quite matured yet. 
But he's saying, when you stand without wavering on my promises, that doesn't, that means whether it looks slim or it looks plenty or whether it looks, you know, like this could never happen. There's no way, like there's no possible way. Like he's saying without wavering. Because we can only see part of the picture. That was the problem with the disciples. They, they heard it. They walked with him, but they couldn't see what Jesus could see. You know? They could see, oh, we're getting a new church. We didn't even have to do a building fund, right? <laughs> it's a temple. I thought it was funny. But they didn't see that full picture. You know, because really the best vision of success is in the victory of obedience, not the response. Our growth, our intimacy with the Lord happens in our obedience. A lot of times the response doesn't even matter because we've spent so much time with the Lord. We're like, it doesn't matter either way. I think about the three guys in the fiery furnace. They're like, we just spent so much time with the Lord. Either way, if he chooses that we die or he chooses that we live, it's the same. It's the same promise. Long life was the same promise for them, whether it was on this earth or was eternity. Yeah, that's good. That is really good. Because mm-hmm. you can't measure your success while you're still walking out the process. Because when you're in the middle, so if, if you're climbing a mountain, all you're seeing is the rock and the rubble and your hands are getting scraped up and everything looks the same because you're this close to the mountain, right? This close to the problem, it's right here because you don't have the right perspective. When you get to the top, it's like, oh yeah, this is where I'm going. I can see everything around me. But you know, when we are in the middle of the process and we try to evaluate our lives and be like, oh, I just wasn't a good enough person or I just didn't do this and and it's never going to change because I can't do this and, you know, I just can't see a way out and we're like, I'm just a failure. You're in the middle of the process. I didn't go to college. I didn't do the, well, you know what? Maybe that's not what God wants you to do, or maybe that's in 10 years. I don't know. You're in the middle of the process. You're not done. How can you say that there is failure when you're in the middle of the process? You don't know the outcome yet. That's good. That's when it seems fruitless. It seems like everyone who is doing the exact opposite of the word seems to have everything they need. They don't. You don't see the full picture because your perspective, that's exactly right. When you serve while there are seat warmers and it's frustrating because you're like, I want to sleep in. You know what? You know how we can get people to do uh, hospitality? I'll start making the coffee. People be like, oh, let me come and serve, Sarah. I don't drink coffee, so my coffee tastes People try to be nice, but I can read their face. (laughs) I'm just teasing. But do you ever feel like that? Like you're doing everything and the person next to you, you know, they show, you know, maybe at work they show up late, you know, they're always talking at the water cooler or whatever you call it. And here you are like working, working, working. And you're thinking, Lord, what's going on? If I did that, I'd get fired. He's like, yeah, because you know better. That's right. There it is. 
You know better because you serve a king. That's right. They serve self. They don't know a king. That's right. I'm like, oh. So we're like, why isn't this happening? Why don't I have these needs? Do you guys know that fruit takes time? The best time to plant a fruit tree was 10 years ago. Yes. If you want an apple, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you can't be like, oh, I'm hungry, and walk outside and be like, oh, oh, I planted this seed yesterday. Can't believe it. You never come through, God. Oh, said you'd provide and meet my needs, and I wanted a fresh apple. But we do that, don't we? Yes. I'm so bad at that sometimes. Yes. Where I'm like, well, I prayed five minutes ago. You said everything's yes and amen, Lord. Come on. And he's like, yeah. But really it is. You want an orchard, you don't be like, oh, well, you know what? I'm going to go plant these seeds and then think that in the fall you're going to harvest some apples. That's not going to happen. There's a lot of things that have to happen between when you put that seed in the ground to when you can have that fruit. So when obedience seems like you're not getting, there's nothing's happening, where you're just going on that wheel, just remember it's growing. It's growing. It takes time. Because obedience always bears fruit. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about parenthood, being a mom. Now, when I became a mom, you just love everything your kids do. They are the, the most amazing, like, little beings, and they are better than everyone else's in your eyes. Like, even though you know that's not true, because, like, God loves us all, but, like, your kids are amazing and super smart and super beautiful. Like, even if they're not, you don't know, because God gave you blinders. So, so it's okay. So, because we've all seen other people's kids, and you're like, ooh. You know, I'm glad my kids don't look like that. People might be looking at your kids like, ooh. I don't know. You know I don't know. Um, so I remember like when my kids, when you know, the first time they do something, so Layla goes to school and I'm like all excited, you know, like she's going to do all this stuff. She wouldn't do anything. Like I'd show up and she'd just stand there. I've never, ever heard her sing in a pageant or anything. Like they'd have this Christmas things. She would see me and be like, <laughs> and just every single time to this day. Like, she, she sang, um, she applied for showcase, and that was the first time, like, in front of anyone that she actually went through and actually did it. Usually she'd just stand there be like, well, you're watching me now, so I'm not doing anything. But I remember being little, like, and she would do that in class. Like, she would just sit back, and she, she was like a child. She just knew who she was. So she was like, I don't know if I really need friends. That's a lot of, like, so she was fine. Like, so, like, kindergarten, she'd play with people, but she never, like, built friendships. You know, you always have, like, the teacher's pet kids that the teachers just really loved because, you know, they're up there talking to them and doing stuff. She wasn't that way. Like, they'd probably forget she was there, you know, if she wasn't, like, so, like, bright, white, blonde, you know, curly hair sticking out. But, um, but I just remember feeling like, Lord, like, I'm raising my kids. Uh, you know, I send them to school, like, ready. They look cute in their outfits. And you have all these parents. And I remember I wanted my kids to be popular. And I don't mean popular like like Valley Girl popular. I mean, like, just, like, to be honored in things. Like, oh, they're good at this sport. Or, or they're, like, academically really good. Or they participate. Or the teacher just, you know, those kids that get chosen for everything. I, I just wanted them to be. And I thought, Lord, I raised him. All, we have done all this work, and here she's just sitting in by herself, you know, playing by herself, having no problem, didn't participate. I think she was in second grade before she had any friends. 
She was fine with that because she knew who she was. I had that issue. Like, you guys don't even know how amazing this child is. Like, she's literally the most amazing child that's ever been born. Come on. Like, what's wrong with these people? You know, because she had a peace about her. And because I don't, we don't want our kids to be a child that ends up eating alone. We don't want our kids to be picked last, right? Do you remember when teachers used to do that? And, and I'm like, that's why I never do that. Those of you that come with youth, they do. They do. <laughs> that's, that's the child I'm talking about. But I just remember that fear. How many of you guys had that fear, like, please don't let me be picked last. Let, let somebody else be like, you know what I mean? It was that fear. That's why when I do stuff, I'm like, you line up according to this. You never know who's going to be on your team. I might switch it in the middle of the game. I don't even care. Like, here's what's happening. Oh, they're not on your team anymore. That's why you're not winning. Now they're on this team. But it doesn't matter. So you want that. You want your kids to be liked. You don't want your kids to be like the teachers, like, this is why I got gray hair. Because you're a child, right? You want your teachers to come and be like, they're the sweetest little peanut. I don't think I've ever had a child that I'm not like they're sweet. I think they're all sweet. You just got to find their sweet spot, you know? Because people be like, oh, this child's out of control. And I'm like, I love them. They're like my favorite kid. But we want, I wanted that my child to be accepted. You know, other people's kids were, like, getting awards. They were, like, running races. And, you know, when they were little and they'd get, you know, first place, second place, and all of this stuff. And, and they're all having, like, these little parties and stuff. And I thought... Lord, I have done everything you've asked. I do not want my child to be, like, on their own. I want them to be honored because she's so amazing. So, um, you know, their kids were getting, it was who they knew, not who they were. You know, who who they hung out with. And, and then I started, as she grew, I realized that. And I'm like, wow, like, she knows who she is. And all of that time we put in raising her. Because you know what? We raised our kids to know Jesus. We raised our kids to understand their freedom. And to understand kindness and love. And how to value themselves and value other people. And as they grew, I realized, now the fruit's coming. When all these other kids maybe got these little awards or you know, the teachers gave them more time. Now the things, I'm not just getting teachers saying, oh, well, so good to see you. Have a good, you know, I have teachers coming up and saying, I don't know what it is about your children, but I love them. There is just, I've not had children like this. I literally, I had someone say, I know this sounds weird, but I love your child. Who she is is just Amazing. I thought, there's the fruit. Now, it took till their teenage years, but I, it was worth it. It was worth not just pushing them into things and, and um, having them be so busy that they can't find out who they are because I was trying to live through them, and I wanted them to be popular. I want them to be popular with Jesus and nobody else. It was worth the wait. Because you know what? Everyone go, everyone told me, oh, wait to the teenage years. And I'm seeing these same people that's kids were honored and popular when they were young. They're in the teenage years and they're getting in trouble and things are happening and they're struggling with, with all of these little things and their kids don't like them and things like that. And we don't have that. As a mom, I'm like, Lord, you know, I was obedient to you. When people are like, well, why won't your kid, you know, do this? And why won't your kid do that? And, and it would get frustrating. But now I have, these kids that are amazing, 
you know, and people say, why, you know, wait till your kids are teenagers, you're going to go through that rebellion, and you know what, we haven't had that. It's gotten closer. My, I don't, I haven't, we don't go through seasons where our kids are like, I hate you. I don't like you. I don't want to be around you. You know, my kids are like, I want you to go to the movies with us. I want you to come hang out with my friends with us. And that is a weird concept, right? Because most of our kids are hiding things from us. Instead of being like, here, Mom, look at my phone. You know? Isn't that a weird concept? Because yes. most teenage years, is kids are trying to hide us, and they don't like you, and you're a mean mom. My kids, you know, they don't say that stuff to us. Because we put in the foundation, and that fruit grew. My daughter did say something to me today that in my Mother's Day card, and I loved it. I, I teach a parenting course, and um, and she wrote in the card. So part of this parenting course is you say things like, I know, when they don't get their way. So she put, I love how you take care of me when I'm sick, and I love how um, you're so kind to me, and... I love how you say, yep, and I know when I'm mad. And even though it makes me madder, I know that makes you a better mom. And I thought, oh. So I thought, man, this is working. This fruit is coming in that moment when they're mad and, 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 and angry. It's like there is fruit there. It's now coming around because I don't have normal teenagers. You know? I've never had to be like, oh, where's, where's my child today? Or who are they talking to? Or what are they doing? I don't feel that. You know, we can't judge ourselves and our lives too quickly. Because you're heading, you know, to that mountaintop. You're not seeing everything that's in front of you right now. So we've got to keep going and keep our perspective. And say, you know what, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep moving forward. You know, even though I can't see what what's that final destination, I know what it is. So no matter what happens all here in the middle, you know what, I know that I'm going to keep moving forward, that God still has a plan, and I know that fruit is growing. So 